It's a time of great victory. Your past does not have to dictate your future. We are on the solid rock, Christ Jesus. God's got something better for you. Probably, I think, one of the most important things that we could develop in our life is uh, learning how to recognize the voice of God. You know, there's a lot of voices going on. There's a lot of things around us, a lot of noise. But uh, one of the things that we probably really need in our life is to know how to recognize God's voice when he's speaking. Um, Let me ask you something. What's your reaction when somebody comes up to you and says, uh, well, God told me, and then, you know, you might not hear another word they say, but, you know, just on that first part, God told me, what's the first thing you think of? Depends on who's saying it. Is that what you... (laughs) Um, Does God speak to people? Does he? Okay. Uh, You know, men and women throughout the Bible heard God's voice many different times. uh, But what about today? Is he still speaking to us today? He speaks through his word. The Holy Spirit anoints his word. He comes through his word. But what about to us? Can we hear his voice uh, at various times? What about in warning situations and uh, cautions or, you know, just various things? Um, You know, I I really believe that if we'll just take time and chill out and relax and be still and know that he is God, as he says, and just search deep down, I think that there's a a hunger, there's a, a desire deep down within us to want to hear God's voice. And so we're going to start a little mini-series the next few weeks about how to hear God's voice or recognizing the voice of God, because I think that we need, that's so important. We've got to have that. It'll get us going. Amen. Here, let's, let's do a little thing here. This is uh, agree or disagree. Good communication is an important part of all relationships. Boy, the husbands really jumped out on that one. <laughs> uh, um, well, a lot of people, they make that statement, but then what is communication? What is communication? Anybody? We know it's important, but we just don't know what it is. Two-way conversation. Two-way conversation. That's good. All right. By definition, communication is the transfer of information from one place or person to another. And um, that goes on to say, in relationships, communication allows you to explain to someone else what you are or what you need, what, uh, what, you're, what you're experiencing and what your needs are. It allows you to explain. But what about the other side of that? It takes some listening as well, right? You know, what about um, our situation, our, your relationship with the Lord? When you go to him in prayer, is it all you talking and then you turn around and run out the door? I mean, how would you like to have that kind of conversation? I've had a couple of those when, with our kids. Uh, my, my daughter, Alicia, especially, you know, she's... Then she's out. Okay. Uh, well, I guess you didn't need my comment on that, you know. Uh, how many times have we approached the throne of grace that way? We just come in and we got to tell him everything we need, you know, and we'll throw a few little praises in there and then uh, I've got to remember in Jesus' name and then out we go. We don't wait to hear anything. Is that communication? Is that having a conversation? 
Um, one person said this, the act of communicating not only helps to meet your needs, but it also helps you to be connected in your relationship by listening or hearing what, other persons, what the other person's needs are also. Does God have any needs? Jesus told the Samaritan woman, he said, uh, God is spirit and they that worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. He says that God is seeking true worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. God's seeking out worshipers. I think he needs, needs people to worship. I think he just needs somebody to tell him, hey, I love you. I love you. So really in this thing, it's, uh, if it's going to be communication, you got to have a, a talk. Each person, allow each person to talk, right? So I think the very first thing that we need to understand on this about how to recognize the voice of God is that it needs to be two ways. We need to not only tell him everything, but we also need to be willing to listen. Boy, there's all kinds of stuff uh, about listening habits and posture and various things like that, you know. Now, if we, let's say if Jeff was talking to me and Jeff said, hey, pastor, I got something real important to tell you. Okay, well, go ahead. What, what is it? There we go, yeah. How would that, how does that look? I mean, boy, I'm really engaged, right? Well, I can hear him. I, I, I can hear, I can do, I can multitask. Well, yeah, but that's kind of a little bit rude. What about when we come to God? What are we doing? You know, what all's going on? Or do we just set ourselves apart for him to, to listen rather than just talk? You know, I, I'll never forget this. This was many, many years ago, and it was just a time of prayer, and I was just so sincere before God, and I'd just been telling him all these things, and, and I just, uh, you know, I don't know, it was just kind of there, and I was just a little pause, you know, and we get a little nervous when there's silence, right, you know? And it's kind of like, I don't know now exactly what I even said, but I do remember it was like I just felt this impression and said, you know, I've got a few things I'd like to say. <laughs> I go, Whoa, I mean, it just kind of, I thought, was that, was that me thinking that? Or did, was that God that spoke something? You know, I was like, wow. I mean, you know, he has probably wanted to speak to me before that, but I just didn't ever take time to listen. God has a few things he wants to say to us. If we'll just listen to him, amen. In John chapter 10, verse 27, from the New King James, it says, Jesus says this. He says, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. From the Amplified, it says this. uh, The sheep that are mine, my own, uh, hear and are listening to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So they hear me, and they're listening to me. Wow. Because sometimes you can hear somebody, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're listening to them, Right? So the way that this Greek word really it's laid out is listen. They hear his voice or, and listening, hearing and listening together. Not just like, oh yeah, I knew he was saying something, but I don't know what it was. I had other things going on. People, it's a very serious thing. If there's nothing else that we ever learn to do or discipline ourselves in, we should discipline ourselves in this particular area of knowing how to recognize the voice of God and learn how to hear God's voice. I was thinking, I thought, you know, now if you were stranded on a, on a deserted island and you could choose one, one item to take with you or to keep, what would it be? Now, wow, let's see, would it be a flare gun, you know, get somebody's attention? Uh, a GPS? Well, I guess I'm not going anywhere. Um, 
hey, what about if you just could be able to hear God's voice? Do you think that that could probably, if you could hear him and, and he heard you, don't you think he could signal a little ship to come by? Don't you think he could probably let you know where you are if you needed to know that? I mean, you're, you're stranded, so that doesn't make... I mean, what else would we need? I mean, really think about it. What else would we need? In Corinthians, it says he even will sow the, or uh, he gives seed to the sower. You know, he brought manna down for the, the children of Israel. And the, I mean, so what would we need? Hmm. So, well, you know, this is a, a pretty important thing. Because if we, if we master this one characteristic, Man, it can take us a long ways. It can take us far, amen? Um, well, I think the first thing is, is that uh, we, we, you know, we're kind of shaky on this subject because we know, we, or we say that, yes, we believe that God speaks today. And that, um, but I think the, the thing is, is, do we know that he wants to speak to you? You know, well, uh, you know, he, he might speak to Miss Sandy or uh, Pastor Paul or uh, Brother Gabe or, you know, but, uh, you know, we don't, we're kind of not, we don't know if, if the, if that's in yet on whether or not he wants to speak to us. You know, how do you qualify to be one that God speaks to? How do you get into that? You know, I mean, is there a certain time in your spiritual life before, you know, you actually, um, are good enough or something, whatever it is, to be able for God then to turn and say, okay, you've made it, now I can talk to you. <laughs> I mean, really, what is it? Is there anything, anything unique that we need for, to be able to, for God to speak to us? I mean, he even speaks to sinners. So, so you've got to believe that God wants to speak to you. If you're going to hear God's voice, uh, this is the basic. If you're going to hear God's voice, the first thing you've got to settle is to believe that God wants to speak to you. you know, everything in, in the Christian life is, is obtained through faith. And so you've got to, first of all, have the faith to believe that God actually wants to speak to you. And he has something to say to you. So, you know, we want to come and, and be ready. Like, hey, I've got to hear what he has to say today. Not so much of what, what I've got to tell him or, oh, I've got to get my prayer time in. Oh, man, you know. I mean, think about that. We make prayer an activity rather than an attitude. I mean, how can you pray without ceasing if it's an activity? <sighs> but if it's an attitude, you're always praying. Well, what about hearing God's voice? A relationship. You know, not just like, well, I got to go in and pray and get all that down and then go through my thing and, and I got to get on with the way, you know, because, man, I got all kinds of stuff to do today. Or should we just come and say, you know what, Lord? I didn't come here to ask you anything. I just, I just came to talk to you. There was an old song way back in the 70s. Um, I think it was, the words were something like, I didn't come here to ask you for anything. I just came to talk with you, Lord. I remember him singing that song and I thought, wow, that's amazing. Wow, what, how do you think God would feel if you, know, you just came before his throne and you just said, uh, just went over by the throne, you just kind of sit down with your... Just looking at him, he looks at you like, okay, what do you want? Hey, I don't want anything. I just came to, just came to be by you, just came to talk to you. God says, okay, hold on, everybody. <laughs> Angels, y'all just go on just a second. I got something to take care of here. Don't you think, you know, daddy God would just say, well, come up here. Come up here on my throne. Let's just sit down and talk. 
I mean, how often do you think that actually happens? You know, we come into, we enter his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. I don't know, people. I mean, sometimes we've just kind of made our free, our freedom into almost a ritual, if you will. It gets to be a routine. And I know we, we function, we, we are creatures of habit. But sometimes it just gets to be a routine of where, I mean, man, can you just spend the day with him? Yeah, you can go to work or you can go about your business, but can, can you recognize his presence there with you all the time? Now, I know you might get some looks. You know, you're walking down, hey, God, well, what do you think about this, you know? People are like, oh, step back. <laughs> Here comes the weirdos. Now, you don't have to do that. Isn't it good that... Just the same that God's a spirit, that we are a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. So, you know, we can worship him. We can communicate with him through our spirit. So it doesn't always have to be a verbal exchange, so to speak. But there's still an exchange. Um, In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, it says, uh, There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. You know, uh, sometimes we... um, you know, when we say, okay, uh, we, we hear God's voice and, or we, we hear something and we are wondering, is that God or not? And, and we have to be careful because right there the Bible says there's a way that seems right into a man, but in the end it's, it's death. I mean, it might not be what you thought it was. We need to make sure that we're hearing God because we might hear something out here that's really weird and we think, well, yeah, that's got to be God because he's really stretching me. This one lady, she was a very um, quiet, uh, reserved woman. She worked for Oral Roberts Evangelistic Association. And uh, all of a sudden, the devil really started messing with her. She was getting ready to go to a new level with God, and he started messing with her. And he started telling her, well, you know, you know God, uh, like, and, and imitating God, I, I want to use you. Uh, but to do that, you've got to learn to step out of your zone just a little bit. Now, that sounds pretty right, doesn't it? She might have even heard a prophecy. You know, that sounds right. Yeah, we've got to step out of our comfort zone. That's right. But then he began to tell her certain things to do, and one was to stop a school bus with a butcher knife and board that bus and just stand there. Well, that didn't go over so good. Now, do you think that was God that told her to do that? Why would he tell her to do that? There's some things, I I call them filters. I've jotted down some filters, if you will. Maybe we should say uh, seven steps or seven to whatever. I just call them filters that we need to go through, a process that we need to go through. Because if I hear something, I want to run it through these filters. And if it comes out the other end and it's still pure, then I know it's God. There's, There's some surefire things and ways to know that this is God speaking to you. And if it doesn't line up with all seven of them, Throw it out. Because Satan can be real close to the truth but not be there. And just as that proverb said, the message translation says, there's a way of life that looks harmless enough. Look again. It leads straight to hell. So you better be careful. Because we get on this thing like, yeah, I want to hear from God. And then all of a sudden we get the fruit loops get involved in this thing. And we're out here in loop-de-loop land and, and just doing some weird stuff. 
you know? And uh, Satan will play that game with you just to keep you off track and keep you from accomplishing what God wants you to accomplish. So it's a very serious thing. How many of you have seen some Fruit Loops out there, the people that think that God's speaking to them and it ain't God? You know, so <laughs> God's got, I've heard God blamed for all kinds of stuff, burning down churches and, you know, all kinds of stuff. I'm like, God, when'd you get in the arson business? <laughs> you know, um, I know you can do that, <laughs> but I don't think it quite lined up. Yeah, people come up and say, well, God told me such and such for you and this and that and whatever. And First um, John chapter four, verse one, let's throw this out there. It says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This other translation says it like this. Just listen to this. My dear friends, don't believe everything you hear. Carefully weigh and examine what people tell you. Not everyone who talks about God comes from God. There are a lot of lying preachers loose in the world. Well, you, there's YouTube's full of them. Be careful. Now, we need to hear from God. We need to hear God's voice, but we need to make sure that it's God. And so you're like, well, pastor, what do I do? I'm glad you asked. We're going to talk about that, but we won't get them all in today, I can guarantee you, because I know we're, we're a little short on time, but it's all right. We've got about 15, 20 minutes. Everybody with me? So this first, the, the series, let's call this series, um, Listen Up. How about that? Listen up. Better than listening down, I want to listen up to God and see what God has to say. And, and this first part here is learn how to recognize the voice of God. Learn how to recognize the voice of God. You know, I think that there's a story in the Bible that's so amazing to me. We, I think you're familiar with it. Um, remember there in Matthew 16, and you can kind of turn there and follow along. Remember in Matthew 16, Jesus comes to his disciples and he says, um, hey, who, who do men say that I am? Well, one of them says, well, say that you're Elijah, there's one of the prophets, and Peter says, hey. Uh, or he says, well, what about you? Who, do you? who do you say I am? Peter says, you are the Christ. You're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, hey, Peter, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but God revealed that to you. In other words, hey, good job, Peter. You listen to God. Yeah, Peter's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's looking around at the twelve. That's me, I'm like, and then Jesus went on to talk about, you know, the church, and he's going to, on this rock, I'm going to build my church, and and all this stuff, and the gates of hell won't prevail against it, and and all that stuff, that was verse 17, and we got uh, four verses later, look at this, if you got your Bible, four verses later, verse 21, Jesus is going along, it says, and it says, um, um, you know, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples, that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. This is right after Peter said, you're the Christ, you are the Messiah, you're the, you know, you, you're the one sent from, from God. And Jesus said, good job, Peter, you know, uh, God revealed that to you. Not, you, you know, you didn't just think that up, hey, you heard from God, and then Right here in this verse, verse 22, Peter took him aside, took Jesus aside, and began to rebuke him. (laughs) Yeah, that's me. I'm God's man of power for the hour. You know, I'm hearing from God. Now, Jesus, (laughs) Jesus, now, you don't need to be talking like that. Uh Uh-oh. 
How soon can we get prideful? I mean, Peter didn't make it through four verses, and then he's over here rebuking Jesus, okay? Because he's hearing from God. He knows. I mean, he's it. Are y'all getting this? (laughs) It says, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. And Jesus turned around and said, get thee behind me, Satan. Oh, wait a minute. A while ago, he was saying, good job, Peter. You know, you heard this. Next minute, he's saying, that's the devil speaking out of you. He says, get, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Whoa, wait a minute. He just had the mind of God four verses earlier. Now he's got the mind of the devil. I think I know some people like that. I don't know about you. <laughs> now, I mean... Peter was right there with Jesus. I mean, the master, the, the master teacher. And how quick did he go from hearing the voice of God to hearing the voice of Satan? See, Satan's very subtle, very crafty. So we need help to run some things through, a little checklist. Well, I know. I mean, you know, I, 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 mean, I used to not know, but I, I know now because I, I, I know how to... Hear God's voice. Well, just go on about yourself, Peter. That's, that's good. I'm, I'm glad for you. Just, when Jesus rebukes you, well, get on up there and get with it. Uh, uh, so, you know, Peter, he needed to know how to recognize the voice of God, didn't he? In uh, that verse that we read, just a little bit up there, he says, My friends, don't believe everything you hear, but carefully weigh and examine them. Test everything. Test all things is what he said. And so that's what you need to do. The very first thing that you need to learn to, to learn to, how to hear the voice of God is learn how to test all things. You ought to test every word I speak from this pulpit. Every word that you hear preached. I'm not talking about being judgmental and being critical, but you ought to test it. Is it lining up with the word? Run it through a little test pattern. Run it through these filters and see if it comes out right. And the very first thing in this, the first filter, so to speak, that you need, that it needs to line up. If it is the voice of God, does it line up with the word of God? Yeah, that's, that's pretty basic, but hey, I mean... If Peter would have just read some of those prophecies about the Messiah, he would have said, oh, wow, those things are coming to pass. But I didn't even think about that because he was, you know, he's been hearing God. And so the first thing he does is he rebukes it because he's really letting selfish ambition get in the way because he's thinking, yeah, man, we we tight now. And wow, this is going to be awesome. And the Messiah is here. He's going to set up his kingdom. And I'm his right-hand man. I mean, I'm right here. I'm the one that knows it. I'm in. And so he just kind of forgot everything else, and boy, he was out there. The Bible says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. All it takes in church is to give somebody a position and a title, and the next thing you know, they're rebuking Jesus. (laughs) They're rebuking Jesus. Don't you be saying that. Boy, churches have split because... The deacons couldn't catch the pastor's uh, vision and this and that and whatever. I mean, wow. Why? Because Satan needs authority to move. Hmm. As soon as Peter got just a little bit of that authority, Satan jumped all over him and started, he started talking to him. God will never contradict his written word. So you can count on that. 
Um, Jesus said in Luke 21, 33, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will never pass away. Truth is eternal. Opinions change. People change. The weather changes. The earth is changing. Uh, But truth never changes. Truth never changes. The word of God is eternal. And he says, the heaven and earth, they're going to pass away. I mean, you're seeing them every day, but they're they're not going to be here one day. They won't be here. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So it's got to line up with his written word. If it doesn't, throw it out immediately. I've heard people come up and say, well, you know, God spoke to me that I should go and do such and such, or I need to marry so-and-so and this and that and whatever because of this and that. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's a little off base. I mean, because I'm already seeing some principles being violated here, you know. It's like that one couple, they, they came in for, for counseling, you know, sat down at my desk, and, and there they were just, just in love. You know, the eyes just, you know, just melting together. Wasn't hearing a word I was saying. Just, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, just love, love. And so finally, you know, they just said, well, we believe our, our, our you know, our relationship was, was made in heaven. And I said, yeah, so is thunder and lightning. But, you know, not everything's that way. I mean, you know, things change and, and people change. And that girl, she thinks she's going to change him. And he does good. He'll come to church. See, he's coming to church and all this stuff. And, and all of a sudden, you know, as soon as he gets her, he snags her. Boop, he just changed for a little bit. Huh? We could maybe teach me a marriage seminar here. Huh? Truth is eternal. So if it doesn't line up with God's word, man, you need to throw it out. You know, for instance, like somebody comes in and says, you know what? I just heard God. I, uh, I don't think I have to pay my taxes this year. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to watch for places to just, you know, maybe sow into the kingdom of God. And I don't have to do that. I'm just free. I'm liberated. Well, wait a minute. Is that right? Well, Romans says that we are supposed to do that. And also Jesus said, render unto Caesar what's Caesar's and under God's what's God. But I always said, Caesar's dead, so I ain't going, no. <laughs> but the Bible doesn't teach that. And there's various things, there's various principles that we've got to know. We've got to understand the principles of God, not violate those things. I thought I'd say that since, you know, uh, it's getting close to that. Listen to Galatians chapter 1, verse 8, through this translation. This is funny. I like to read some of these others and make sure it's lining up and it's correct with the Greek. But this one says, uh, in, in Galatians chapter 1, verse 8, Paul speaking here with this newer translation, it says, let me be blunt. If one of us, even if an angel from heaven were to preach something other than what we preached originally, let him be cursed. I said it, I said it once, I'll say it again. If anyone, regardless of reputation or credentials, preaches something other than what you received originally, let him be cursed. Paul said, if an angel comes down here and tells you something, and if it doesn't line up with the word of God, you better tell that angel, get thee behind me. It don't matter, he said, because if it doesn't line up with the word of God, throw it out. You could have had a vision, and you could have floated all over whatever. It don't matter. Satan can do a lot of things to impress you, but if it doesn't line up with the word of God, throw it out. That's the first filter. We can get one more in, I think. The second filter is, number two, will this express Christ's character? 
Does it express Christ's character? Okay. Does it line up with the word of God? And will it express Christ's character? Say that real quick three or four times. Jesus is the standard to which we elevate everything. We're here to become like him. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. John says, beloved, it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. We shall see him as he is. We're going to be like him. Everything is to really to be conformed into his likeness. Hebrews chapter 12 Verse 2 says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher or perfecter of our faith. That's who we need to be looking to. That's what we're, that's the standard, Barry. That's the benchmark, Jesus. And if what you're being, what you think you're hearing and what are, what you are hearing, if it's not going to bring forth and express the, the character of Jesus Christ, that's not God. And we've got to be real careful here because, you know, we're free, right? We're free. And whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I'm free. Sometimes Paul said, don't let your freedom be a stumbling block for that other person. You know, he talked like, he, he started talking about it in, in, in their diets and stuff. And he says, you know, if one person, they, they have the freedom to eat whatever meat that they want, but somebody else says, no, they're just, just going to be, you know, uh, a vegetarian. And he says, but if to that person, if, if, if I eat meat and it offends that person, I won't eat meat when I'm with them because I don't want to offend them, you know? He said, I'm going to show deference. I'm going to show the character of Christ. I'm going to be caring. I'm going to be loving. I don't want to offend them in a sense, and I don't want to, to cause them to stumble at my freedom. Paul said, all things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. He said, well, can I do it? Well, yeah, you, you can, but might not be the best thing to do. You know, is this show, showing forth the character of Jesus Christ? You know, we, we, we live in a fallen society, a fallen world, a broken world because of sin. And, you know... <laughs> Our bodies are broken, our minds are broken, our relationships are broken, and the economy is broken. Everything's broken, in a sense, because it's not designed to fit into this world that we're living in right now. And so we're living in a fallen world, and it's a little bit tough. But that's okay, because even in the tough situation, God wants to produce his character in us. And, you know, he's more concerned about character than he is comfort. I don't know if you know about I've noticed that over the some odd years that I've been serving him. God don't care too much about comfort. He's a whole lot more concerned about character. Our character is to be like Christ. Paul said in, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, from the New Century Version. He said, Pastor, why, why are you getting all these versions out there? Just want to make sure you're awake. <laughs> Just trying to stir you up, see if you're going to love me. The New Century Version, it says, in your lives, you must think and act like Christ Jesus. I like the way he says that. In your lives, you must think and act like Christ Jesus. Wow. Just write that down. If you do that, forget everything else. Think and act like Jesus. Remember the little bracelets? WWJD? You ought to get some more of those. That's still a good thing. What would Jesus do? Think 
and act like Jesus. You know, the Christian life's pretty simple. Word of God, think and act like Jesus. <laughs> you know, hey, the Word of God, think and act like Jesus. If you do that, you won't, you won't go very far wrong, right? The Word of God and think and act like Jesus. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, New International Version default here. Second um, <laughs> Corinthians 10, 5, we demol- Paul said, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This is the chapter where he's talking about the weapons of our warfare. They're not carnal. They're not of this world, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. He goes on to say, we demolish every thing that sets itself up against the knowledge of Christ, what we know about God. If this is what we know about God and something else comes over here, we say, whoa, wait a minute. That ain't right. He says to demolish that thing. Listen to it again. He says, um, we demolish arguments. You know, the lawyers go in and they give, they, each one of them present their arguments for their cause, their, their side. Well, somebody's wrong. They might have been a good argument. You know who wins usually in the court of law is whoever presented the best argument. But I want to tell you something. Down here, Satan's always got a story. He's always got something, a point he wants to argue. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it, you know just eat of this fruit. Didn't God say you could eat of any, fruit, any tree in here? I mean, you know, he said that. You know, he just didn't want you to be like him. I mean, but he said you could eat of any fruit. He's got a good case, got a good story, got a good argument. But wait a minute. What was Eve supposed to do? She ought to tear that thing down, demolish that argument. She needs to get rid of that right there because God said through his spoken word, don't eat of this tree. Well, here comes Adam. And he's working on a brownie point system, so, you know, he's not going to disagree with her, right? (laughs) Right? So you didn't think I was listening. I'm listening. I got hearing ears here, you know. (laughs) And so he's like, well, yeah, eat the apple, eat the apple. And so, hey, he didn't demolish any argument or the pretension or, you know, that, that hey, this is uh, not really what God said, but I'm going to go along with, with Eve here on this one. What about our friends? You know, they say, well, you know, and they start talking about this church and how this ought to be that, and I don't have to do this, and I don't have to do that, you know, and okay, that's right. You don't have to come to church. Coming to church don't make you a Christian any more than sleeping in a garage makes you a Chevy. But you know what? The Word of God says, listen to me. The Word of God says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, and so much the more when you see the day approaching. I thought I'd do it in the King James because it just sounds so much better, you know. It says, don't stop meeting together, and so much the more when the day is approaching. I think the day is approaching, but what's happening in every church? People are like, well, you know, I mean, I don't have to. I don't have to go to church. I can, I, I can get the the podcast and I can stream that down on YouTube. And yeah, you can, but you're going to dry up spiritually because you're not getting the fellowship that God designed for you. And pretty soon, you're not going to want to turn on YouTube and the podcast because it just doesn't seem. It just seems boring. Well, of course, it's boring. 
Because it's not in the setting that it's designed to be in. Now, you can get a little bit of, out of some things, and it can be some supplements to your spiritual diet, but you've got to have what you were designed to have, and that is coming together with, you know, brothers and sisters of Christ, being in the, in the presence of God together at his throne. Amen? And that's what strengthens us. Jesus is the standard. And so if it doesn't uh, express the character of Christ, then you, we just need to throw it out. James 3, chapter 3, and verse 14, and then we'll close. We'll just fold this over and we'll pick it up next time, okay? Is that all right? We all come back? (laughs) James, boy, this was the brother of Jesus. And he wasn't one of the 12. He was, that James got killed. And uh, so this one steps up. But boy, I mean, he just... He just throws it out there. I mean, you know, here he goes. James chapter 3, he says, But if you harbor bitter, bitter envy and selfish ambitions in your heart, uh, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom or such thinking, such ideas, such impressions that you have does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, of the devil. For where uh, you have envy and selfish ambition... There you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. Chapter 4, verse 1, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? He's talking to Christians here. He says, but, you know, you harbor bitter uh, envy and selfish ambitions in your hearts. And it says, you do not boast about it or, or deny the truth. You know, wait a minute. You're having, all this is within you. And so now then you're going to try to tell somebody in the church or, or get along in the church. And he says, you know, this is going to cause some problems. Um, this is really a, a pretty good filter here to run ideas and thoughts uh, and feelings through because you know what usually happens is it's like, well, why did they do that? You know, why, why did why did they get that chair out of line? I, I lined those chairs up, or I'm I'm the, I'm the head usher this week, and or you know we don't have a choir, so we can say we can pick on the choir. You know, I'm the choir director. I'll tell you how you're supposed to. Whatever. Here we go. What are we doing? We there's kind of some. Selfish ambition there. There's not much uh, consideration there. I mean, whoa, where's that character of Christ at? I mean, Jesus was pretty firm, but he had love for when he, when he needed it there. And he says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Did you know that we can have selfish ambitions and I'm going to be who I'm going to be? And sometimes we get, Paul looked at the Corinthian church and he says, there's envy and strife and division among you. Are you not carnal and walk as men? Envy in somebody else's position or, uh, you know, frustrated about this or that going on and my goodness people we're here to serve God and serve others and we're going to get upset about it yeah people get upset and they leave church I'll just show them I'll go to the I'll find me the perfect church well don't do it you'll ruin it (laughs) don't go there it won't be perfect anymore he says you know uh 
all this stuff, he says, that you're hearing, and all these ideas that come to you that you think God's speaking to you, you know, and all here it comes, and it's coming through your mind, rather than putting a filter there and trapping and not letting that stuff in, it's coming through, and here it comes through bitterness. If there's still bitterness in your heart, then it goes through that filter of bitterness, and how does it come out? It comes out bitter. And if you've still got envy there, when that comes through, if you don't shut it off, it's going to come through and envy's going to take over and you're going to respond or react with envy. And your decisions or your, what you do, your actions are going to be influenced by that bitterness or that envy that's there. Uh, and you know what? That's not from God. Well, why, do we, why do we do it? Because, what, we don't think about it? We're to hear, hear God. We're to learn to hear his voice. And he can't even speak to us when we're already, you know, filtering all these other things in. That, that the devil's trying to stir us up. And what does he do in the church? He tries to stir one another up. I've seen for thir- this, this June, the second week in June will be our 30th anniversary of this church. And I've seen time and time again, boy, when it's like, yeah. And we're like, you know, the children of Israel there with uh, with. Joshua, they're about to cross over. Man, and here we go, we're going to take the promised land. And everybody's, yeah. And then somebody on the way over trips on somebody else. And, oh, you tripped me. No, I didn't trip you. You tripped me. And, and now they're all mad. And that, well, I ain't going across. And I'm just going to go back. I'll find my own Canaan over here. Here we go. And people miss out because bitterness and envy and jealousy and strife and division and I'm just going to quit and leave and go find me another place and just go ahead and do that because you just float around all the time and you'll never grow because if you take a plant you keep taking it its roots out of that you put it over here and oh wait well let me put it over here and it never gets a chance to grow you know I've got oak trees out in my yard this other acre on the side of our house these trees were all planted at the same time, and it was about 1996. I know because that was before I had a hip replacement, and I used to dra- drag a water hose out there, and it hurt so bad. And I've got some trees that are probably maybe 18 to 20 feet high, these oak trees. I've got others that are about 7 or 8 feet high. Uh, what's up? Planted at the same time. Well, some of them just didn't get the right soil. They didn't get the water that it needed because they were just at a different place, and it's like, wow, look at that. You know, sometimes you just get the, not the right combination of soil and stuff, and it's there, but it's scrawny. It don't look like a live oak tree. You know what, people? We're to grow up in Christ, and some of us still looking a little scrawny. I know I've got to stop, but this is a really important place, but I'm just going to have to stop. You know, our actions ought to be motivated by what... James said there, the wisdom that comes from heaven, and he says it's, it's pure. He said it's, uh, it's peace-loving, it's considerate, it's submissive, it's full of mercy. And we get, now I am somebody, and, and I ain't going to be, you know, when it comes uh, pure, that means free of impurities. <laughs> well, if I got an attitude, that's some impurities. Are you following me? Peace-loving? That means inclined to avoid a conflict. <laughs> and you're right there in their face. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's peace-loving, isn't it? Well, you just need to go tell them. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. I, well, that they deserved it. What are we doing? We're the body of Christ. 
We're going to have to spend eternity with each other. My goodness, I can just see. I remember my dad bringing me and my sister, because we fought all the time. She was four years old, and we'd be standing there before him, and he'd be telling us, I can't believe you're acting like this. And that embarrassed you know, We'd be out in public, and we embarrassed him. We embarrassed him in public. I used to get time out. How much time I was out on the floor from, you know, from him correcting me. But, you know, and he'd be talking to us. And pretty soon I kind of felt like I lost my whole body. It was just like I was just, I was just focused in it. You ever, you ever do that when you get caught, you know, and, and, they're, oh, no, and you know what's coming next, you know, the, the whooping. And I can just see, you know, I thought, Paul talks about, he says, I want to present you spotless before the Lord. And he says, we don't want to stand before the Lord ashamed. He uses that word ashamed, and that word means like standing there and going, oh, no, I know what's coming next. I'm losing my reward. Wow. Paul talks about that we can build upon, that we ought to build our works, our, what we do, our labor for the Lord ought to be gold and silver and precious stones. But he says, huh, over here it's wood, hay, and stubble. When the judgment comes, that wood, hay, and stubble, it just, it burns up. But the gold silver and precious stones it's refined by that fire so that we can stand before the lord and he says well done thou good and faithful servant you know but what do we have over here nothing because it was just all on that envy strife bitter and bitterness and we didn't we can't hear god because we got all this garbage floating around 